Welcome to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Kupke. From handguns to rifles and hunting to self-defense, even a bit of politics. It's time to exercise your First and Second Amendment rights. Call and join the conversation, 734-822-1600. And now, your host, Dick Kupke. Well, good morning and welcome back to Trigger Talk. Here we are on Saturday, June 24th. Holy cow. It is almost 4th of July weekend. No, that's, well, actually, 4th of July, I think, is Tuesday this year. So next week, it's, our show's on the 1st. So we may or may not have new numbers then. We'll have to see. There's a couple of gun shows we can talk about. To, uh, Derek, what's that noise? I, I'm hearing something. What is it? Oh, my God, they're back. Ah! They're, they're, they're coming in under the wall. Okay. That's the, everybody, no, that's not the sound of a 1953 uh, Dodge DeSoto fan belt, okay? Could be, but it's not. It's actually the sound of ants. We have them again, and they're coming back again, just like they did last year. It's time to break out the spray. Um, do you, everybody remember that movie, Them? With the ants, it had James Arness and a bunch of neat people in it, and they the uh, the uh, atomic bomb tests uh, they they did them out in the desert, and they had giant ants out there. Well, we've got giant winged ants here. They're not they're not as big as in the movie, but they are big. So at any rate, I'll keep you posted on that. Let's see, uh, <laughs> and we can talk about old movies today too. I love old movies. Uh, uh, what is your favorite old monster movie? I was actually uh, <laughs> showing my uh, my my grandkids. They were over, and I said, "Oh, look at that monster! It looks like Godzilla." And they go, "What?" What's Godzilla? And that just then I had to bring out the computer and we had to look up Godzilla and and them and Mothra and uh, gosh what who did uh, and actually he Godzilla at one point was fighting like a robot Godzilla. I don't remember which one that was, but uh, anyway, uh, I like those old things like that. They're, they don't make movies like that anymore. I guess thank God is the word. Um, uh, let's see. So we have in Michigan, we have the Jackson Gun and Knife Show at the American One Credit Center in Jackson and the Livonia Military Show at the Livonia Elks tomorrow, okay? Uh, today and tomorrow at the Jackson Gun Show and tomorrow only at the Livonia Livonia Military Show. Uh, let's see. We have got uh, in Ohio, we've got the, now this is one of the like one time a year shows that they have, the Midwest Air Gun Show. So that is at the Aladdin Shrine Center in Grove City, Ohio. So if you are looking, that's just today only. So you might need to jump in the car and go drive into Grove City. I don't know what the timing is on that. I ought to look that up. Uh, at any rate, uh, maybe you can get there still in time. But don't miss the show, okay? <laughs> Make sure you put it on your, you know, uh, iHeartRadio or iTunes or whatever whatever you listen to the show on. Uh, let's see. There's the Fernald Gun and Knife Show in Ross, Ohio, the Shelby County Gun and Knife Show in Sydney, Ohio, and the Dayton Gun Show at the uh, Montgomery County Event Center in Dayton, Ohio. In, uh, we got a bunch in uh, Arizona. We got the big St. Louis County Gun Show uh, in Fenton, Missouri, the Unionville Lions 
Club Gun Show in Unionville, Missouri, the Belleville Gun and Knife Show in Belleville, Illinois, which must be right on the border, and the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds in Springfield, Missouri. And we've only got one out in uh, Arizona for the gang out there. It's the uh, Crossroads Mesa Gun Show in Mesa, Arizona at the convention center there. So our numbers are still the same, 809-927. Um, so we've got, uh, let's see, 809,927, which was up 3,359 from last month. So we'll see. But we had up to, now we're up to uh, 6,006, 6,606 pending. So we'll see what happens. I uh, had some, oh, let's see. This is also from Cord, um, Valerie Cabot, who I had in uh, last week, and we talked about Kids on the Range Day. They still have about... 20 openings okay so they have them for um the young youngsters the 8 through 11 group and the 12 through 18 group both in the morning um from the 9 to 12 time frame and then they've got only young uh the the older group is sold out for the afternoon so if you've got an 8 through 11 year old you can get in get them into the uh, afternoon session so that's that's at tcl tcsl.org and you can sign up but you have to print out a, a parental permission slip and stuff and sign it so get to tcsl.org and um and let's see i'm gonna go right there right now this is real exciting radio let's see uh and at tcsl.org, you go to events, and it'll say, um, let's see, for kids on the range. I'm, is my mic cutting in or out, or is that my headsets? Your mic sounds fine. Okay, good. Thanks. Uh, let's see. So you can go to the, uh, the, uh, cord, uh, the, the cord tab and be able to sign up. Let's see. We have got, uh, let's see, there's an IDPA match today at... Uh, at Tri-County Sportsman's League. You can go there and watch. Um, you might even, if you have your stuff, there might be room for you to be able to to shoot around there. So um, at any rate, it's um, that's a, a fun thing to do. Uh, let's see. And I have some homework from last week. And we had a listener who called in and said, well, I'm interested in, I just got a, a neat new Chinese um, SKS, and I'm just spent a whole lot of time getting all the Cosmoline off of it, which is what, you know, that, that just is a, a nice grease that protects everything, okay? But it's a lot of work to get off. I've, I've got a, a Yugoslavian SKS that I, that's, uh, no, yeah, it's a Yugo. Uh, it's mine's a 59 66, which means it was a 1966 modification, and it has a, a, um, grenade launcher on the front, which I find very handy whenever I'm, um, you know, wanting to grenade something. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the, I actually thought, well, maybe it'd be worth taking that off, but it makes it kind of unique. And it's got a teak stock on it. It is just really sweet. Well, he got a Chinese new in the box one with all the instructions and everything. And, but he wants to have a front sight tool before he goes out and shoots it because actually the front sight on a SKS is adjustable for vertical, but it also has a windage adjustment. And so there's actually two kinds of tools that people get. 
And the company that I was thinking of, and I appreciate everybody who uh, texted me last week with, you know, different companies and stuff, and I could not remember. And then uh, I think Ed Bondarenka, Ed from Ypsilanti, I think he uh, came up with it. It was Sarco, S-A-R-C-O. And their website is sarcoinc.com. Okay, sarcoincorporated.com. And it, it is a neat website. And I always liked um, in that Firearms News magazine that I get, every once in a while they have, you know, a multi-page color uh, advertisement of all the stuff. And, and you can go to the website all the time and see all the different neat surplus stuff they have. Well, they have a couple of things for, for SKSs, and I want to uh, mention what they are. Essentially, the vertical adjustment on an SKS, the tool looks kind of like a big um, valve core removal tool. And it goes down over the front post like that, and then it, it twists. It has like a T-handle on it, and you can run the sight up or down to adjust it for, you know, like it, you might have to run it up if you're, if you're um, adjusting it for something closer than what a battle sight is often set for from at the factory, okay? Um, matter of fact, I got to tell you on like, oh, Mosin Nagants, okay? Those are like zeroed in at 300, I don't know if it's meters or yards or hectares or whatever weird um, uh, thing that they were using back in Russia back in the 1891 time frame. But what happens is you cannot adjust the sight enough to be able to um, zero at 100 yards. What do you do in that case? Well, what I did is I took a small piece of actually shrink tubing and I shr put it on top, shrunk it, and then I cut it to be the right height to zero it at 100 yards, okay? I also did one with a piece. Ah, there's a big... Oh no, it's the ants. Oh, gosh, he's on me again. <laughs> I'm not here. I don't need the noise that time though. <laughs> he was silent, Derek. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, uh, I used a piece of, of brass tubing, a small little thin wall brass tubing and crimped it on top. And that lengthened the front post because it, it did not have sufficient adjustment to be able to... Uh, to compensate. So I, you, I don't know on a uh, SKS, I think that's being a more of an intermediate range type of gun, it probably has enough height adjustment on the front sight to be able to lower the muzzle to be able to get on sight at 100 yards rather than two or 300 yards. So that's for the vertical. Then they have, um, and it's kind of a combo tool that looks like a little C-clamp. And the C-clamp also has the same vertical tool on the end of it. So I want to say uh, the, the plain vert, vertical adjustment tool is 395 and the um, uh, SKS and AKC type uh, tool, which is like a C-clamp, uh, is 995. But I also looked out there, in case you don't want to try something like Sarco, uh, maybe you want to go to Amazon. Maybe you order everything off of Amazon. Amazon has a ton of sites that are um, those C style, like a C clamp style. But I saw one from a company called NC Star 
that is that says the um, the diameter of the bushing is too large to push it in or out. So I I wouldn't recommend the NC Star tool, but the other ones look okay. And actually, if you are used to ordering from Midway USA, Midway has a tool called and it's and it's available from uh, Amazon. It's called Magnematic Defense Front Sight to Adjustment Tool for AK-47s and SKSs. And it does both things as well, but it is pricey. It's $34.19, so I don't know that you need to, to pay that much for it when one of the C-clamp ones for about $10, $11 bucks would be fine. So hopefully that uh, answers the questions that we had. Uh, so it's been an interesting week out there um, in in uh, positioning of c people uh, from a po politics standpoint, you know, a political uh, baseball, basketball, going volleyball, going back and forth about uh, uh, guns. And I, I did not like this, actually. This was a the Tulsa chief of police, the, t the top cop says, I'm a Second Amendment guy, but giving up some of that freedom is fine. Well, I don't think so, okay? He goes, ultimately, I'm a Second Amendment guy. I own guns, of course, but I'm okay giving up some of that freedom, right? And he's got it in question marks, right? We had to give up some of that freedom after 9-11. I'm okay with waiting three days or five days or whatever to get my firearm if I go out and purchase another firearm. So I'm okay with a pause to allow for weapons to be purchased and allow the government and the gun companies to look at the background and go through the check before that gun goes to someone. Well, that actually has a number of things that are wrong in it, okay? Um First of all, uh, when it comes to giving up rights, okay, you know, and freedoms, um, a lot of people are, are not happy with some of the things that we gave up with 9-11, but that was reactionary, and we still, 20 years later, 22 years later, are still battling some of that with the, uh, at the airports, with the uh, pat-downs and the invasion of privacy and stuff like that, <coughs> but... When he goes and talks about, um, so I'm okay to pause for allowing weapons to be purchased. Well, a lot of states have a pause like that. Illinois has a three-day waiting period. I think uh, Chicago, or I'm not, not Chicago, California has like seven days or ten days, something like that. And um, that that's individual states have got that, and that that has not been challenged in court uh, because most people don't think that they can m probably make a case that you need to have it immediately right now. Now, I want to say there are places where if somebody has a restraining order or something and they need a gun to back it up because that piece of paper is not going to protect you. Uh, we did see some stories about that this week where, um, you know, uh, a woman who had gotten a, uh, a uh, restraining order but then was denied a gun purchase, you know, right away. Uh, she was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Well, I got to say, uh, didn't he see that piece of paper that said, you've got to stay 50 feet away or 100 feet away? I guess not. So, so there are cases where that pause, actually, if somebody has a restraining order against somebody, I would think that there should be an override for that, okay? The other thing is, is that um, when he goes... 
for the government, you know, uh, pause for weapons to be purchased and allow the government and the gun companies to look into the background. Well, I want to say, first of all, the government does. If you're buying from a dealer, you have to fill out an, an 1143 and you are, um, you know, required to tell the truth on those things. And then the FBI comes back with their next check and says, yes, this person's okay or not. And by the way, it, they actually do have a period that they can wait for that. I think it's three days right now. But the point is, is that, uh, and then at the end, if they haven't come up with a sufficient reason to not, you know, to, to uh, not deliver the firearm, it has to be delivered anyway, okay? Uh, and they'll go, well, we just have to, people are just waiting it out. Well, not really, because criminals show up in the criminal background checks. I have actually seen people be turned away at gun shows when when uh, they think that they can walk in because of what they hear from the media. They think that they can walk into a gun show, buy a gun from a dealer there, and get out without a background check. Well, wrong. They're dealers, and they have to do a background check, okay? So at any rate, um, uh the other thing, though, is the government and gun companies to look into the background. The gun companies are not required to look into the background. Okay, they sell their guns legally through a distribution system to licensed gun dealers that are required to look into the background and work with the government, not the gun companies. See, that's kind of like bridging. And I want to say, uh, I've got a story in here today where um, uh, Joe Biden was talking about re uh, revoking the PCCLA, the uh, Protection and Lawful Commerce and Guns Act. Well, I'll get to that in a little bit. But see, here's a here's a cop who is in his own remarks i'm a second amendment guy but and then he goes i'm i'm you know i'm willing to give up some of my freedoms you know well i'm not okay you uh, speak for yourself mr chief of police in tulsa oklahoma but you don't speak for all of us uh we've got ed from ipsy on gun waiting periods hi ed hi dick i just wonder if the next time hunter goes to buy a gun if there'll be a waiting period for him because it seems like the laws do not apply to him i i think you know all he's got to do is walk by a, a gun store and they'll throw one out the front door at him probably you know i mean he's like well, i'd throw anything at him tell you the truth, <laughs> but that's not what you meant i i know uh, isn't that amazing that uh that just because your your last name is biden you can plea away a uh, firearms felony charge that's pretty amazing so yeah, and not pay your taxes either. But, of course, there will be 87,000 new armed IRS agents, armed IRS agents who are going to be required to be able to use it to uh, harm people. That was on the application. I so, you know, that, that's gun-related, and yet, you know, they can't find Hunter Biden yep. right under the nose. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Okay, Thanks. I agree with you. I'm sure you've got uh, things you're going to talk about in that manner in your show today, too, right? Slightly, yeah. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> okay. Bye. See you later. Oh, gosh. It's always good to hear from Ed. And he he's one of the guys who kept texting me last week about, you know, which company was the one that um, that uh, had the SKS tools. So, And he did hit Sarco. So, uh, so thanks, Ed, for that, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was I going to say here? There is, uh, so that's the top Tulsa cop giving up our freedoms. 
Uh, here is a, <laughs> I saw this a gun meme of the day, and it actually shows like guys in wrestling. And there's a guy, a one, I'm going to put this on my website. It says ATF requiring pistol braces to be registered, and the guy's all smiling and stuff. And then there's a, a, the other wrestler gives him the finger, and the guy's frowning. So I want to say, apparently, and I didn't know there were this many of those, of the roughly 30 million braces out there, pistol braces, there are only 250,000 that were registered. So I'd say we're running pretty high in the non-compliance right there. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Let's see. Here's a story. Uh, Clearly, uh, we all heard some things from Joe Biden uh, this week. I want to say if you can make out through the mumbles and when he turns the wrong way and stumbles over the sandbags and stuff like that, if you can make out what he's saying, um, he he says a lot of a lot of malarkey. Okay, (laughs) in his words, Uh, let's see. So this is from a story about John Lott dismantling Biden's gun control remarks. News moves fast. It wasn't long ago when the whole God save the Queen speech was President Biden's latest gun control remarks. And matter of fact, I I haven't heard uh, uh, too many people on the radio continue to follow up with that. But when he said, God save the Queen, man. What the heck was he talking about? Okay, well, that was in his speech when he was talking about pistol braces. Okay, and in his speech... Uh, he says in his speech, Biden stated, put a pistol, uh, put a pistol on a brace and it makes, turns into a gun. Oh, really? So I guess, a, a an AR pistol or a SIG pistol or a Ruger pistol version of those, they're not a gun until you put a pistol brace on it. Okay. First of all, that's a bunch of crap. Then he says, and it makes them to where you can have a higher caliber weapon a higher caliber bullet coming out of the gun. So actually, you know, why would you waste your money on like, let's say a 308 AR-10 pistol or a, a 300 blackout or something? You can just take any old 556 um, pistol and put a pistol brace on it, and now you can shoot a higher caliber bullet. How about that? Isn't that amazing? Okay, now I got to say, I think I know what he might have been thinking, okay? But in that jumbled mind of his, it doesn't come out that way. He might be thinking, oh, well, if, if, if you do an AR pistol brace, you might be able to have a higher caliber one, like a, uh, oh, maybe a 50 Beowulf or a 450 SOCOM or a, a 458 um, whatever or a, a 450 Bushmaster or something. Well, maybe you, if you bought one that was in a larger caliber, it would be easier to shoot as a pistol because you have a brace on it. Not the fact that taking a pistol brace and putting it on an AR pistol means you can use higher caliber bullets. Although I would like to see him try that. Okay. My, my, um, uh, 50 Beowulf AR 15 is a rifle has a regular, not even a carbine. It's got a regular, um, you know, polymer stock, polymer furniture. It's not one that has um, a collapsible stock or anything like that. It's a rifle. 
But theoretically, if I put a pistol brace on that, then I could shoot something larger. Or maybe I could, the magazines use the same magazines as an AR-15. It's just that it makes them a single stack because the, the rounds are over a half an inch wide, okay? So they are, you know, in line going up. But I would like to see him take a two twenty three pistol with a pistol brace and use, go ahead, put my magazine in loaded with 50 Beowulf, and let's see how much you get to shoot. Well, you get to squeeze that bullet right down into that chamber, and, and you know, what a bunch of crap. That is not true, and I, in his befuddled putting it in mind, I don't, I don't know where he's coming from. Uh, let's see, we've got other things that we'll talk about, about Biden, and we've got things where they make up facts uh, at the White House, so we got lots to talk about, and maybe some gun stuff today. This is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio here at Wham Talk 1692.7 FM. We'll be right back. Wham Talk 1600. Welcome back to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Kupke. Call now, 734-822-1600 to join in the conversation. And we're back. And uh, I am just uh, reading notes about uh, the White House and where the facts are made up and Second Amendment rights just don't matter. Uh, and there's all sorts of things out there that are, are so ridiculous. Um, and this has to be as frustrating to you as it is to me. Maybe it's more to me because I read so much of this. Um, I don't know if you're, maybe you are a Second Amendment guy that reads as much as I do. If so, give me a call. Uh, there's, um, I, I uh, run into people from time to time who have, who uh, are, you know, big into, I mean, they bring up things like, wow, man, these guys are really either listening a lot or they're uh, reading on their own. So maybe you're like that, or maybe you're just, you just uh, listen on Saturdays and, and hope we'll talk about guns more than politics. But um, today we got, so we're going to have in the second hour, we're going to have discussions on guns and ammunition and things like that. Uh, in this segment, I'm going to talk about some things like the White House, okay? Uh, the president is on the loose again, uttering nonsense about the Second Amendment. 1600 Pennsylvania, we have, uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, we have a problem. President Biden spoke up to a collection of political donors as he's gearing up his 2024 re-election campaign and used his gun control grindstone to turn out well-worn and discredited Second Amendment tropes, okay? And it is true. He, he keeps saying stuff over and over again, and he embellishes it and adds new stuff. I don't know. I'll, I'll talk about one in a minute here. And the problem is, <laughs> it's all malarkey. No kidding, man. I mean, you know that what he just said is a bunch of BS when he goes, I'm not kidding, man. Or that's a, you know, uh, and that's no malarkey. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. Other than Joe Biden, Joe Biden, do you hear anybody use the term malarkey anymore? Derek, do you hear malarkey used by anybody else? No. No. Okay, see? Derek doesn't even hear it, and he listens to radio all the time, okay? But um, fortunately, Joe Biden isn't out there telling us a bunch of sports lies, right? You know, otherwise you'd be mad at that too, wouldn't you? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
Stay in your lane, Joe. Just pick on the stuff you don't really know about. Let's see. President Biden, it's, let's see, that's a bunch of malarkey. No kid, man. President Biden might just as well be, might, yeah, matter of fact, he might just be, and he used this term, a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Where did he come up with that? I don't, I don't know. Uh, remember he called that, that one guy that, um, that, uh, and and he called a woman that too, a lying dog-faced pony soldier. I don't. I, I got to figure out where that came from. Derek, can, do you know where that statement came from? I have no clue. I'll try to see if I can find out. <laughs> okay, lying dog-faced pony soldier. Other than Joe Biden, where does that come from? Okay. The president belittled Americans who agree with the Second Amendment exists. He 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 belittled Americans that agree with the sec, the statement that the Second Amendment exists to prevent a tyrannical government from usurping power from the people. And he said this again when he was meeting with those people as he was ramping up his fundraising for his 2024 election. You know, I love these guys who say the Second Amendment is, you know, that the tree of the tree of liberty is watered with the blood of patriots. Well, if you want to do that, you want to work against the government, you need to have an F-16. You need something else other than just an AR-15, said President Biden, according to Fox News. Aside from the veiled threat to use actual weapons of war against the American people, President Biden's swipe at Americans who value their rights was intended to target the lawful ownership of modern sporting rifles. And he keeps calling them weapons of war, but nobody uses an AR-15. They use you know, M4 carbines and GU-5s and, and all sorts of things, but they don't use an AR-15 from uh, Smith & Wesson that they bought at Dunham's for five ninety nine. okay? So let's see, there are over 24.4 million modern sporting rifles in circulation today. They're the most popular selling centerfire rifle, okay? Second thoughts on the Second Amendment. Joe says... We have to change, President Biden said. There's a lot of things we can change because the American people, by and large, agree you don't need a weapon of war. I Listen to this. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I taught it for four years, six years in law school. Really? He taught it? So now he not only was tops in his class and, and got a full-ride scholarship and all that stuff that's been proven that he lied, but he taught Second Amendment policy for four years and six years in law school. Ten years he taught Second Amendment. Really? Just, I wonder when that happened. Okay. I guess we never haven't heard about it before, but now he just happened to remember that. And guess what? It doesn't say that you can own any weapon you want. It says there are certain weapons that you can't own. Even during when it was passed, you couldn't own a cannon. You can't own a machine gun. No, I'm serious, is what he said. Okay, first of all, it's been proven that the Second Amendment doesn't say what you can't own. Okay, it essentially says what the government can't do, and that's what, that it can't infringe on your gun rights. It doesn't say that you can't own a machine gun or a cannon. And by the way, in at the time, you could order a cannon, and you could still own a cannon today. Okay, so Joe, you need to 
to fix your rhetoric here. Maybe your maybe your teleprompter. Maybe you've got uh, an old one. Maybe that's from 1994. Okay, a teleprompter that he's reading from. Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden first oversell. He's overselling his authority as a law professor. Uh, President Biden briefly served as Benjamin Franklin presidential professor of the practice at the University of Pennsylvania for two years between his terms as vice president and his campaign for the White House. Okay, so uh, so he briefly served as Benjamin Franklin presidential professor at the University of Pennsylvania, which is, isn't that where they found all of his, uh, his uh, inappropriate um, uh, documents that he kept? Hmm. Yeah, that's right. And they isn't that also the same University of Pennsylvania that suddenly, once they opened up the Joe Biden wing of the law school or whatever, he um, he they suddenly started getting all sorts of foreign donors from China and other places like that. Interesting. And it was designated for for that school. In, interesting. And by the way, he only did it for two years. Not four years and not six years while he was a law professor that he apparently claims and nobody else remembers. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, according to the facts checked by Austin American Statesman, he was paid $900,000 and his duties involved no regular classes and around a dozen public appearances on campus, mostly in big ticketed events. That's what the Philadelphia Inquirer reported. So he taught no regular classes. But he remembers that he was a law professor teaching the Second Amendment for four years and then six years. Ten years. And he actually only had maybe a dozen public appearances and no regular duties at the University of Pennsylvania. His description as a Second Amendment guy might come as a surprise to other Second Amendment guys. That doesn't normally include ideas like universal background checks that would require a national firearms owner registry, restrictions that would ban entire classes of firearms, repealing the protection of lawful commerce in Arms Act, the PLCAA, which is what I had mentioned earlier. Yeah, when the Tulsa guy said, "Well, we need the the country or the companies who make the guns to do better background checks," they do. They have a distribution service that that a system and series of, of distributors around the country that make sure that they sell them in accordance with the law, okay? Not doing their own background checks. Uh, let's see. So he wants to do away with that to allow frivolous lawsuits against firearm manufacturers for the criminal misuse of lawfully fired or lawfully sold firearms by a remote third party, or as the uh, or as the president points out here, a clear ignorance of the National Firearms Act. Fox News reported correctly that the Second Amendment makes no mention of firearm restrictions. Gun control laws at the federal level didn't even start until 1934. There was nothing at the federal level until 1934. So that's actually 143 years after the, uh, after the uh, signing of the uh, Constitution. Okay. 
So I want to say that's isn't that amazing that he goes, oh, you can't own a. They didn't allow you to own a cannon. Well, they did. Actually, you could own a warship. You could have your own private warship back then. Now, think about that now. Well, I would like the battleship Missouri, please, okay, because I like 16-inch guns, okay? <laughs> Americans can legally own machine guns, although it is extremely restricted. No automatic firearm produced after May 1986 is available for commercial sale, but those pr uh, produced before can be and are legally owned. Owners have to pay a $200 tax stamp and register them with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Okay? $200. That's after spending, since, since they limited so much, spending dollars $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 to purchase the firearm. Now, these are not the guns that people are going down to uh, uh, 8 Mile and buying from a guy with a trench coat on. Okay. Although nowadays they can get Glocks and get Glock switches for thirty bucks or something like that for the switch, uh, and <laughs> I I think that's totally uncontrollable. But uh, oh, you know, uh, let's see. So when it comes to cannons, well, President Biden blasted that one too. It was legal to own a cannon when the Second Amendment was ratified in seventeen ninety one. It's still legal to own one today. Yes. Now, you may not be able to have explosive shells for it because that might be regulated as an explosive, but there are guns out there. <clears throat> there are. There's an outstanding book. I've got to check and see if it's available on Kindle. By the way, Derek, did you come up with Lying Dog-Faced Pony Soldier? Yeah, I searched it, and apparently... Joe Biden attributed it to the legendary Hollywood actor John Wayne, but he, he but he never actually said it in any of his movies. But <laughs> he he did use Pony Soldier in one of his movies called She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. Oh, that was a, around her neck she wore a yellow ribbon. Yeah, I remember that one. So he used the term pony soldier, but not lying dog faced pony soldier. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Well, maybe, gosh, I guess he just remembers it wrong. How about that? Let's see. Um, <laughs> President Biden made the same erroneous claim in April 2022 and in June of 2021. Let's see. We've got Jim from Chelsea on the phone. I'm sorry I missed that. Hi, Jim. What can I do for you? Hi, Dick. Uh, two things. Uh, one thing you were talking about, science uh, fiction movies. My old-time favorite was The Blob. Oh, that that was Steve McQueen, wasn't it? Yes, yes. yeah. And and you could, anyways, yeah, I know. It looked like, and do you remember back in the sixties or seventies, there was some kind of slime you could buy that actually looked like the blob stuff. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, the slime. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> so who, who didn't have a handful of that? Yep, that's right. So, so anyways, my question to you. Uh, and I don't know if you heard Debbie Dingle yesterday talking about uh, uh, firearms that have defective safeties and how the Consumer Product Division, uh, she wants to be the uh, 
agency to handle that. I immediately, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck went up. Are they going to determine, you know, a firearm with a striker firing system that has no safety to actually be defective and have to recall them all to have safeties put on them? No, 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 no. That uh, I did not hear her comment, but everybody uh, has to remember that uh, that PLCAA, which is the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, is only there for one thing, and that is to shield. That is to shield the company from frivolous lawsuits by guys who go out and rob a bank and kill somebody with it, and then blame the gun. Okay. However, the same protections that exist for things like. Um, defects in cars, defects in home uh, home heaters, defects in, um, you know, any product that you buy, the, the same consumer laws and, and defect laws already apply to guns, okay? So that's, I don't know why she would say that in particular. And the only, you know, I, I'm thinking in terms of like, um, do you remember the Remington 700 has a a safety recall on the on the safety? Do you recall that? No, the only thing I remember about the uh, Remington 700 Remington 700, right? Yeah. Was that the uh uh white feather of a marine guy in the Vietnam who was a sniper used it. Oh, quite effectively, <laughs> by the way. Was that what's his name? Wheelock or something like that? Highlock, High, High Wheelock. Anyway, the thing is, is that the um, there was a a number of lawsuits and and stuff against Remington, and it was because Remington had a safety that if you um, I, I want to say if it was not kept clean and lubed, if it had been in a gun safe and gotten some rust on it and some things like that, there are some things that could happen where when people took the safety off, the gun inadvertently fired. That was proven, and and Remington did a recall, and they've called back all of their 700s to have, you know, new triggers put on them. Um, or I think, you know, me personally, I would probably put a, a trigger an aftermarket trigger trigger on it. I have got one that I bought after it had been repaired. It was one of the first 700s. It's a uh, from 1962. It's a in seven millimeter Remington mag, and it had been sent back and had a had a safety put on it at Remington's cost. And so it it gun makers are not immune from common law kind of things. They are only protected from frivolous gun suits, you know, lawsuits related to um, um, usually anti-gun kind of stuff. So um, I, you know, I don't, I did not hear her statement, but I think that's a redundant statement or a, um, you know, a, uh, a statement not, not even worth commenting on because there are, and, and actually periodically you hear uh, of guns that are uh, handguns that have been known to um, fire when they're dropped in a certain manner or something like that. Those have been recalled. They're they're all when there's a defect, they are subject to the laws for defects. So, yeah, but uh, Debbie was specifically talking about the consumer product division handling the uh, 
firearms. I'll, uh, I'll look that up for next week, okay? Yeah, I'll just I'll get just concerned they're going to turn around and use that against something with a striker firing mechanism that no. doesn't have a safety. No, if and if something turn around and call it defective. No, if something was designed without a safety, it it's it would have to be it would have to be a safety that proved to be defective, not a the uh, uh, elimination of that or as a feature. A lot of law enforcement agencies don't have and don't want safeties on their on their firearms okay others do uh and you order what you want so uh, that's interesting i'll look into that you know you can't can't assume it's defective because it doesn't have a safety and they they could fight that in court real well yeah well we're talking about the left you know yeah i know that and they've got endless pockets because they just use taxpayer money right that's right that's right well, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Jim. Yeah, well, okay. Thanks for listening. Okay. Jim. Yep. Bye. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. President Biden made the same erroneous claim. This is the one about the uh, the cannons uh, in 2022 and again in uh, 2021. When the Washington Post fact-checked him and he earned four Pinocchios, writing, Biden has already been fact-checked on this claim and it's been deemed false. We have no idea where he conjured up this notion about a ban on cannon ownership in the early days of the republic, but he needs to stop making this claim. What can you? He can't tell Joe anything. He can't remember what he's saying from hour to hour, minute to minute. Uh, if you tell him not to say that, although I got to say, some of his uh, speechwriters must be still putting it on the teleprompter because he can't come up with all this stuff on his own. Okay. Uh, let's see. None of this is new. President Biden, who claims to own two shotguns, is hardly the Second Amendment expert he, pre he presents himself to be. He once told his wife that she should fire two blasts of a shotgun blindly into the air if she felt threatened. That's terrible and dangerous legal advice. Among the four fundamental firearm safety rules is to know your target and what's beyond. The advice was actually invoked in a court case where the accused, Jeffrey Barton, was charged with aggravated assault. Prosecutors ended up dropping the charges and instead charged him with a police obstruction of which he was convicted. So I, I want to say it's got a, that picture of Joe holding up his, uh, his arms like he's looking down, dead-eyed Joe looking down the sights of a shotgun, you know. Uh, he's got both thumbs up like a front and rear sight. I mean, it's just ridiculous. President Biden once argued to ban 9mm Glocks, claiming in an interview with Charlie Rose that he could kill more people with a 38 caliber revolver. He also, <laughs> good for you, Joe, he also told police that they should shoot unarmed attacking criminals wielding knives in the legs. Police ripped that suggestion up. Police Fox reported, uh, Fox News reported the Fraternal Order of Police said it was completely ridiculous, unrealistic, and pandering talking point. President Biden didn't stop there. He believes the 9mm handguns are especially dangerous. A 9mm blo bullet blows the lungs out of a body. This is a high-caliber weapon. There is simply no rationale for it in terms of protection or hunting. Okay. I want to say I'm going to go on from that. Uh, let's see. Honolulu, state of the state of Hawaii, coughs up six figures to um, to a sailor. And this was a guy who was assigned in in um, 
Hawaii, and he actually went to buy a gun, and he was he filled out uh, on the on the 4473. He uh, he said a permit. Uh, he was seeking to get a permit to have a firearm in the home after acknowledging that he had recently recently received mental health counseling. Well, they the Honolulu police rejected his claim. And so he went back and took it to the judge, and he, he went to mental health counseling because he was homesick, okay? And they said, nope, that, they, guys, they discriminated against you. And the state of Hawaii was forced to pay $28,000, and the city of Honolulu forced to pay $102,500 uh, to him to re- <laughs> to pay back for his rights that were... were uh, denied. So I want to say uh, this is exactly what's going on. You know, I just imagine red flag laws and things like that going to be a lot of stuff to deal with. Uh, I have a great story about a dumb criminal, and I'll tell you when we get back, okay? Um, So uh, we, and we will have a surprise guest. I'll have to do like, what's my line? Sign in, mystery guest, sign in, please. So uh, I'm going to have a surprise guest in the second half of the show today. Uh, So let's see what else. And, uh, gosh, we're going to talk about the history of a 10-millimeter automatic round, okay? Uh, Maybe that'll lead you to guess who the guest is. This is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio here at Wham Talk 1600. I'll be back in just a couple minutes. Welcome to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Kupke. From handguns to rifles and hunting to self-defense, even a bit of politics, it's time to exercise your First and Second Amendment rights. Call and join the conversation, 734-822-1600. And now, your host, Dick Kupke. Well, welcome back to the second hour of Trigger Talk for June 24th. And uh, now we're going to play a game. We're going to play What's My Line? What's My Line? Brought to you by Allstate, whose policies now include... And that, for those of you who don't remember that, (laughs) I always liked that, uh, What's My Line? Do you remember they would have a mystery guest sign in, please? And when he'd walk in, he'd put his real name on a chalkboard. I mean, very high tech back then. It was a little chalkboard, a little piece of chalk. And... uh, and and the guests all wore those uh, blinders, you know, it was uh, Kitty Carlisle and all these different people that used to be on it. Well, we have got our mystery guest. So mystery guest, sign in, please. Okay, let me ask you a question now. Um, would you say that you are a Second Amendment supporter? Yes. Um... Would you have, uh, let's see, would you? Would that mean that you would actually have guns? Yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. And in those guns, do you enjoy shooting long guns or short guns? Both. 
Ah, that's okay. Now, I'm flipping over the cards here. You know, I get so many chances to, and you win so many points. And I, I always, <laughs> it was funny. The game was, that's that's like, uh, what's my line? And also there was to tell the truth. Remember that one? Where they would have a number of people that claimed to be the guy. And uh, that was always fun, too. So let me think here. Would you say that you um, like semi-automatic handguns? Yes. Uh, and would you be, uh, you like, like high caliber, very powerful handguns? Yes. So like maybe, uh, 10 millimeters? Yes. Okay. I think we figured it out who it is. Mystery guest sign in. What's your name? Tom from Northfield. Tom from Northfield Township <laughs> is with us today. And, uh, <clears throat> he has been preparing you know, um, gosh, for how many years have we been doing this now? Several, uh, three, four years we've been doing this. Oh, longer. Longer than that? Longer. I don't remember exactly. We've been doing I should go back and look at the, I can look that up, actually, uh, when you're talking about some of this. But um, the uh, what happened is we started out with, with some common carry gun ammunition, like uh, 380s, and we did 9 millimeters, and we did 45s and 40s, and we did... Uh, then we did some uh, revolver rounds and things like that, and now we've graduated here to the 10-millimeter semi-automatic round, which actually was first introduced in 1983. Did you know that, Tom? Yes, I did, actually. <laughs> okay. How, now, you've got a 10-millimeter. This is one you didn't need to borrow a gun to do any testing. What right. gun did you use? I have a Kimber 1911. Okay. And uh, actually, the 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 design for the t ten millimeter had some background, and it it came from when they they had a nineteen eighty six uh, FBI Miami shooting down there, and um, I, I want to say. Uh, I think that was in the 80s, might have been in the 70s. But at any rate, the attempt was to, to come up with a round where the law enforcement wouldn't feel outgunned, right? Right. Right. And uh, essentially, they, they from that incident that happened, and there were several law enforcement officers that were injured and killed, and uh, what they did is they the guys were wearing some, uh, they were carrying uh, long guns and and short guns and handguns, but they also uh, were wearing some body armor too, and so um, the the guys with their th you know thirty eight specials and things like that they just were undergunned at that time, and so uh, they decided to try to come up with a round to um, to uh, add increased firepower to especially special things like uh, hostage. Let me see. I've got it listed here. Uh, when they first did it, it was for the FBI hostage rescue teams and the FBI special weapons and tactical teams. And then other departments would try tried to incorporate it as well. Um, and one of the, the designer of it was Jeff Cooper, who we all know Jeff Cooper was a, a longtime famous uh, handgun uh, instructor and uh, gun writer and, and just, uh, you know, uh, Colonel Jeff Cooper. He was a military man. And uh, he kind of saw 
that the the 41 Magnum was kind of a desirable round too, but of course that was a rimmed cartridge, so it wouldn't work in his beloved 1911. So they came up with the 10 millimeter semi-automatic round, and um, I want to say. The, the numbers are pretty am amazing on some of these. When you look at standard rounds, like I'll, I'll just mention a couple here. The 180-grain uh, full metal jacket Federal does 1,300 feet per second, and it's that's the equivalent of 708 foot-pounds of energy, okay? The 77-grain, now we could, you did a lightweight one here. What, how light was that? That was 60-grain. A 60-grain. But there's a um, there was a uh, 77 grain they tested that did 2,400 feet per second and had a th over a thousand 1,001 foot pounds of energy. That's amazing. Yeah. And now along with this, though, then came and we've already done a 40 Smith and Wesson test, which was this thing was so powerful that they realized very quickly that some of the law enforcement was having difficulty getting back on target for a follow-up shot and things like that, right? Yes. Would you would that bear out in your witness too that the they're a handful to shoot? Uh didn't bother me, but uh, <laughs> uh the story was that a lot of the women FBI agents didn't like it. Yeah. It was tough on the smaller wrist and things like that. Right. So that's why they went to the 40 cal, yeah, which is really not a Weak round. No, no, we, it, we it did that. Now test. they made fun of it. They called it a forty Smith, a forty S and W for Smith and Wesson, but people called it the forty short and weak. Okay, and yeah. and it's not really short and weak. It's a it's a, a good round in its own. Oh, it's more powerful than the forty five. Yeah, because it's in that like four fifty to five fifty, or maybe even six hundred foot pounds of energy. Right, and um, actually nowadays. People have even gone down, and they've made the uh, the trade off of trading uh, the power of a forty Smith and Wesson for easier gun handling and and back on target, as well as increased capacity. Right? Yeah. You know, and even this is one I I don't know. We'll have to see that the thirty super carry just sounds like an interesting. If a matter of fact, if there's anybody out there that has a thirty super carry, um, I'll bet you that Tom and I would be willing to uh, to uh, with your uh, permission uh, use it to do a, a test on. Don't you think? Yes. Yes, yes. we could, and um, we you know you could bring whatever ammo you normally use. Um, Tom, Tom will do it at, at his place, but you would give the firearm to me and I can have your firearm because I'm a CPL and you can have other people's firearms when you do that. And then we would, we would test it and, um, uh, return it to you and, uh, and with the results. So I'm, I'm kind of anxious. It'd be interesting to see how that one does too. Well, it's going to fall right between nine millimeter and 380. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. We've got. Uh, let's take a look at some of this stuff. What have we got in terms of? Now the order is just. Um, uh, it's alphabetical. Alphabetical order. So we actually had started out like, uh, I think when we did the three eighties, we did them like a range of which were best and to the worst. But now it's just better to do alphabetical. So why don't you tell us about some of these ones? Matter of fact, I gotta say, Tom, wouldn't you say that? They all did virtually pretty well in just the, the dirt tissue test. 
Yes, all of them, all 15. We have 15 bullets here. They all did very well in the dirt tissue test. Okay. But? But (laughs) some of them, are just like we've seen in other rounds, they, they seem to clog going through the bone, don't they? Yes. So let's, uh, why don't you give us a rundown of these? Okay. Um, which, which ones passed or which no, ones no, failed just start or, it, or just started? Start yeah. All right. Well, the barns, um, partially open, had a couple of petals open on it. That's a copper hollow point. And this one was kind of a devil to find in the tissue because when only a couple of petals open, it turns Oh. And it starts going this way or that way, and it's really hard to dig that thing out and find out where the heck it went. Okay. Um, but I found it. Yeah. I've had this happen many times, and I was able to dig it out. And it, um, let's see, in the, uh, in the simulated bone and dirt tissue test, it did expand out to point five. Eight nine inches. Okay, but that's because of the two, two petals. petals. Right, but that still it, it, that does a lot of damage because that bullet is spinning and you got those petals it's going sticking different out. Ways, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it hits a lot of and stuff. And it did uh, twelve hundred and two feet per second. Yes, versus the advertised the, of of eleven fifty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all of these, all fifteen. Had advertised speeds on them, except for the spear gold dot. There was no advertised speed on that. So uh, when I shot that one, it was just what the chronograph showed. Okay. Now we'll, we'll get down to that okay. one. Um, now the, um, the corbons look pretty good, but they're big. They're, yeah. they're a big mushroom, basically. Right, but but on the barns, the the dirt tissue test, the barns did expand. Yes. And it did wonderful in that. But it didn't like the bone. Yep. But the Corbin, uh, one of your favorites, that mushroomed out yep. quite nicely. Yes, it did. In in both the dirt tissue and the simulated bone and dirt tissue test. And one of the reasons was that thing was really moving. I've got down here, let's see, I've got fourteen hundred and five. Is that 1,406 feet per 1,406 second? 1,406 feet per second. That's really smoking. Yeah, it is. The advertised on that was 1,325. So that went considerably faster than the advertised. Very good. Now, the, now the penetration on these. This is what I was worried about when I started the test, that the penetration would be very deep on these. It wasn't. Because these expanded... That put the brakes on them, and they hit so hard, they dissipated their energy so quick yep. that they, uh, uh, both the um, the Corbins, in the dirt tissue test, it went 11 and a half inches, and in the bone test, it went 12 inches. Okay. And that's right there where the, you know, FBI specs are 12 inches to 18 yeah, inches. That's designed what they clearly want. for that test so yeah very good now the next one the federal fusion the federal fusion is a um a bonded soft point okay it's a hunting bullet it's 200 Uh, grain okay and that's that's uh made for the the big furry guys okay and 
that one had a lot of dirt disruption. But you know, there's a lot of people who um, that see that's the 10 millimeter is making a comeback. I want to say it was kind of like quiet. Nobody did much with it for a number of years. Right. But it's making a comeback now, both in um, in well, in handguns for self defense. Also, people are carrying them into the field when they're hunting because they know that they can stop big four legged animals with it too. Yeah. In yeah. fact, in Alaska, 40% of the people that go out in the field are carrying a 10-millimeter semi-auto with them with this bullet in there. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. With this Federal Fusion bonded soft point. Okay. And it, uh, well, of course, when the pictures come out, they'll be able to see the expansion yeah. on there. But that uh, expanded, uh, let's see, 0. 0.563, and uh, those went 14 and a half inches in the dirt and 15 inches in the bone in dirt. Yeah, I'm looking, and it is actually a typical-looking soft point. I mean, definitely yes. like a. It's clearly not meant to be a, a self-defense round, but no. but it would work as a self-defense round too, and it had. Uh, gosh, it might still penetrate 15 inches after hitting the bone. I mean, that could yeah, uh, it could be um, over penetration even. Wow, that's amazing. So let's see. Then we had a couple of of, uh, of federal HST, which is a very good performing round in both both media. Yeah, right? uh, that was considered uh, both hunting and self defense round, and. The HST, the, the dirt tissue service disruption I have listed here as very heavy. Okay. It, uh, it really walloped things pretty good. Okay. And um, the, uh, the dirt tissue wound channel on that was three and a half inches round. Mm -hmm. You know, that really made a, a big... Uh, yeah, and it's it's actually labeled as a um, as a personal defense round. Yes, uh, and and it's a two hundred grain, so a little. Uh, well, uh, it's heavy compared to some of the yeah, others. That's but, that's heavy on the uh, for ten millimeter. Yeah. Now the this is a surprise. The Hornady uh, XTP, which is typically a, a decent round, I did very well in the tissue but man it didn't it didn't uh, do anything that's the 180 grain did not do well in the bone however if you look at the next horn a day which was 155 grain it was faster and it did very well yeah so in the bone yeah, tissue test and that's both xtp so clearly it's very um very weight weight and velocity sensitive yes yeah if I, if i had to choose a bullet between two i would i would always i've learned now to go with the lighter bullet yeah chances are it'll give you a better performance and being lighter it'll stop without over penetrating and going through yep. somebody or yeah you know now the next one hornady xt or i'm sorry the uh, hornady flex here that one did again wonderful in the dirt test. It looks like a textbook picture. Yeah, that's that's 135 grain all copper. Yeah, and, and it's, it's and it's got a a polymer uh, fill. Yeah, polymer fill. So it's supposed to 
help it and it's it's not like hornady does with the flex tip where they have like the little red penetrator on it this actually looks like some of the ones tom had tried before making on his own when he would take a a uh uh, hollow point and you'd fill it with like silicone or something right but, I tried different things. Different I tried things. a lot of different but things. But you know what? It didn't do anything. It it looks like it's brand new, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like you could reload it. Yep. And uh, but and that's what I found in some of the testing I did. I found that the only real good initiators are either a hard plastic or even a metal one that's kind of funneled where it would force that right. the bullet open no matter what. Yep. Now, next comes a really interesting one, and it was called a Liberty Civil Defense CHP, right? Yeah, this this was the scary one. Okay. Let me see, where is that one? That one is right there. Let's look at that one. And you'll get these, um, get to see the pictures in the next couple of weeks probably. I'll find time to get them up on the... Uh, now, they don't... It looks... It reminds me of some of the... Um, some of the black um, ones that we've had before, like black talons and stuff like that. It looks like a Winchester silver tip. <laughs> it does, but it's, <laughs> it's very lightweight too, isn't it? It's a 60-grain copper fragmenting bullet. It comes apart. But the key on that is it shoots, they have it advertised at 2,400 feet per second. And that thing shot at 2,428 feet per second so as advertised it's very fast what does it say is its energy uh 780 <coughs> okay so this was a little over 700 and that's at muzzle now this was at three yards and it was still going 24 28 yeah that's pretty so good. that thing had just under 800 foot pounds of energy but here's the thing with it when it hit the dirt i have down extreme disruption I, I didn't have the room to write down any more right. data okay. than yeah. that on the paper. But what happened was when it hit the dirt, now I've got a double-layer cardboard right. box on top. Yeah. It blew that off the container. It lifted it off. It lifted really? it off. And 18 ounces of material came out. Of, of the container? Out of the container onto the floor. The, the box goes out, so it, wow. it fell right down. But here's what I saw when I, I, I lifted the box off there. Yeah. I found a 12-inch diameter crater going down to uh, about six inches deep. And it funneled down to a three-inch at the bottom. Wow. And all that dirt from that... Blew from, out. From the six inches, yeah, that blew that out. It looked like a meteorite hit it. Wow. And then on the other part, there was three inches of disruption, and the bullet only went nine inches into the media, and it fragments. All I could find was the base of the bullet. That's it. Wow. But it it walloped it, and it threw that dirt out, and... I just thought that if... Now, so this would definitely be uh, a very interesting round as a defensive round. I want to say, just like we always say with anybody...
because the shape of, of the bullets are all slightly different, yeah. you're going to have to run a box of it through your gun to make sure your gun likes it. Did did all of these feed okay? Yes. Okay, so all 15 fed fine, yeah. and these fed fine. Yeah. You've uh, Yeah, it's not an unusual-looking bullet. No, but it's very lightweight, and it just has a amazing interaction with the media. Uh, uh, so much energy. Down. Yeah. You, you dissipated all that energy in nine inches. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just it just blew that out of there. And I just thought, well, boy, what happened if you would have hit a bear in the face with that thing? Yeah. And it would have made their face look like it got hit with a meteorite. Yeah, yeah it would. <laughs> okay, so then here's one, the next one, number nine. Uh, Nosler, jacketed hollow point. Nosler's famous for making good hunting rounds and stuff like that, but it just clogged up totally. Didn't oh, it? just plugged right up. So again, good on the dirt tissue. Uh, then here's one PMC, which is like one of the kind of a, a PMC is PMC a, is a South Korean made bullet. Okay, and uh, that didn't do real well. No, it didn't. Um, and it doesn't. It actually looks like an XTP, doesn't it? Yeah. So it it did not and, do very well. Yeah, I had I had two foreign-made bullets in there. One was the PMC. The other so the C next one is Celier and Beloit. Yeah, yes, Celier and Beloit. Is it Beloit or Beloit? Beloit, because that's a that's a Czech Republic. Yep. That's made in the Czech Republic. And, it you know, they well charge a lot. It's all copper. And it did, I was expecting great things from that. but yeah. Interesting. It and it's not clogged with bone either. It just didn't no, it do ju anything. It just didn't do anything. Now, the spear gold dot, again, did well in the tissue, but also clogged, didn't it? Yes, it did. I was I was real disappointed in that. I was hoping that would do well because Spear Gold Dot has done well sometimes in yeah. other tests. But yeah. same thing with the Sig know. Sig Sauer V Crown. It 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 expanded a bit and had some petals off, but yeah. um, it did fine in the in the dirt tissue test, but not in the bone test. Uh, Winchester Defender did fine in both tests, and actually yes. your good old fashioned Winchester Silver yep, Silver Tip. tip. You know, there's a. It, it's kind of a. Uh, the, the silver tips seem to work in just about everything, don't they? Uh, just about. Yep. Not quite everything, but, <laughs> but very close. Okay. Okay. Well, we're here with our What's My Line, uh, uh, actually, uh, mystery guest sign in, Tom from Northfield Township. And we are talking about 10 millimeter ammunition. Uh, and I'd like to know why some of you guys have 10 millimeters. This is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Wham! Talk 1600. Welcome back to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Kupke. Call now, 734-822-1600 to join in the conversation. And welcome back to Trigger Talk Radio uh, for the last segment for for Saturday, June 24th. And we're we're sitting here with um, oh, and I'm, I'm excuse me if any of those ants get on us, no, you know the them ants. They're here. I'll point them out to you. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're actually coming in underneath the the wall over there. So, uh, but oh, who was it? The um, I remember the guy that was the professor on it. Wasn't he the same guy uh, that played on 
uh, Miracle on 34th Street. He played Santa Claus. Edmund, oh, Edmund something or other. But, Edmund uh, Gwynn, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think he played the professor. There's always like a professor and he's got a, a young daughter that, uh, you know, I mean, it's he's, just. He's played in a couple of those, yeah. of, of the monster movies. Yeah, and I like the monster as movies. As a professor or, you know. <laughs> yep. So we're talking here with Tom from Northfield Township and uh, and we just went through all 15 of the the rounds he tested. I want to say out of them, there's, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, maybe eight, nine. The, actually, the majority of them performed not bad, okay, which is, yeah. is pretty good. Uh, probably in part because you, you seem to be getting, you know, good good velocities out of these things. They they load them up, uh, which seems to be the 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 history of what we've seen in all the tests. Now, I was going back and looking. We did our first test, and I put it up on February 3rd, 2018, so five years ago. And then we did, uh, let's see, what did we do second? I don't remember which one we did second, but I can list all the ones we've done. We've done 38 specials and 357 Magnums. Yep. We've done uh, 22 Long Rifle and 22 Magnums. Yep. We did 45 ACP, we did 9mm, and we did 40 Smith & Wesson, and we started it all with the 380s, because that was... And we did 38 Special. Oh, yes, did we it? did. Yep, 38 Special. That was three, done at the same time that the, the 357 was yep. done. Yep, so we, we've done pretty well. Um, and I want to say, uh, this is actually some testing that mimics... Um, and I want to say leading edge kind of stuff because some of the stuff that, that Tom had proposed before I'm seeing showing up, like the ones with the polymer fillings and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so um, but I want to say when you look at this stuff, um, and oh gosh, is it Lucky Gunner does gelatin tests? Yes. 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 And they, they, they do a, a lot. They do a lot of ballistic gelatin tests, and, and yours. Results mimic. I mean, they they are. Not, oh yeah, yeah. For they, penetration. Yeah, for penetration and stuff like that. But the uh, when somebody is just doing a test that is just shooting into ballistic gelatin, that's like our, the tissue portion of our test here. Yes. And so you might get a feeling when you look at this down the roll, you look at all fifteen of them and go. Oh man, they're all great. Look at that. But then when you look at um, having hit a bone, yeah. uh, and some that just you yeah, know. more real life yeah. situations yeah. where I'm shooting through cardboard, yeah. simulating clothing. Yeah, cellulose, cellulose, cotton shirts, yeah. a cotton shirt, yeah. same thing. Uh, you go through that. You hit bone material, uh, and then you're going into the uh, dirt tissue. And it clogs up a lot of the bullets. Yeah, yeah. And the dirt tissue is is harder on the bullets than ballistic gel is. If the bullets open up in the in my dirt tissue, they've actually done better than the gel. It, it, yeah, it, it's harder. Yeah, it's harder for them to open the gel. Yeah. Everything opens in the gel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to say this is good stuff. You can, um, and I will have it up in a couple of weeks. Uh, Tom and I are, uh, you know, always looking for interesting stuff, stuff to do, right? Right. And uh, so if you've got a 30 super carry, uh, we might consider trying to do that one just to 
to and and you know I'm not sure what the um, I'm sure all the manufacturers are making thirty super carry now. Aren't probably. They? Uh, let's see. I can probably look that up. Let's see. What's the one that uh, I go to ammobuy.com. Ammobuy.com. And let's see if they actually list uh, 30 Super Carry. Well, I know Smith & Weston has one. It's fairly new. Uh, come on, computer. Everybody's going there. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Ammo buy. And let's say, let's look up ammo, handgun ammo. And let's see. 380, 357, 30 super, 38 super, which is a, um, actually an interesting round as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like between a three fifty seven mag and a thirty eight special. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right in the middle there. But you know what? I'm not finding. Let's see more. Very interesting because it's it takes a while for some of these um, for some of these ammunitions to hit the mainstream. Okay couple of things happen. One is that, the, first of all, somebody will come out with a new ammunition, and they'll probably only have worked with one or maybe two manufacturers, so there's limited amounts of guns that even shoot them, right? Yes. And then, um, and then, gosh, this is not easy to work with today. And uh, so then, let's see, I'll go down to more, and let me see if I can find that. 30 super carry they're just not showing it that's very interesting i'll look it up on the on the search engine but um uh, so maybe maybe it's not catching on either now i think the the whole point of the 30 super carry is that it's uh it gives you more uh volume or more numbers of rounds in your magazines so yeah they're saying it's kind of comparable to a nine mil but it'll hold two more rounds yeah in yeah there Without For the same to, size. Without having to carry us extra mags. So. Right. So, at any rate, uh, let's see. What the, uh, the 10 millimeter auto is marketed for hunting, defensive, and tactical use and is one of the few semi-automatic rimless cartridges that is legal for hunting white-tailed deer. So uh, yes. it, it's about the only one that's available for you know, in a 1911 or something like that. They actually, do you remember when they first came out with them, uh, the TV show that... Um, they they had one called a Bren ten. Uh no. Um Miami Vice, the guy on Miami okay. Vice character. Well now you gotta remember, I worked afternoons, <laughs> so I I didn't get to see that. Yeah. All, all these reruns they have on TV now. Yeah. I'm watching those. That's all new stuff for me. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got like thirty five years of stuff I could catch up on. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> So uh, anyway, I'm going to go back. Uh, I wanted to tell everybody this. This was a story that uh, about dumb criminals, okay? Yeah. Uh, you can comment on this, too. Uh, dumb criminal helps highlight the stupidity of Indy's anti-gun moves, okay? Um, uh, what they've done is um, Indianapolis is trying to do a bunch of their own um, 
you know, and actually Indiana is a pre, uh, preemption, no preemption state, so they won't stand up in court. But they're trying to do a whole bunch of stuff. But then every once in a while, somebody will do something really stupid. So we'll get to that in a second. We have got uh, Ray from Ann Arbor on big game hunting ammo. Hi, Ray. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Dick. I was just wondering if you guys had ever got a chance to try out that buffalo bore 10 millimeter or the Underwood 10 millimeter. Um, I understand that the buffalo bore has the different loads. They have a mono metal 190 grain and then like a, a 200 and then a 220 hard cast. And I was just curious about that. Go ahead, Tom. If, if those... Um I got what I could on the 10 millimeter. Buffalo bore, I think, makes a hollow point for hunting, but some of the buffalo bores now are the solid copper uh, that uh, that they get from the Lehigh okay. defense that look like the Phillips screwdrivers. Oh, okay. Now, those things will penetrate. Um, they tested some of those out. And they found out that the heavier one, I think it was on the copper, about 115 grain, that thing would go through 30 inches of ballistic gel, which was too much for the FBI. Uh, yeah. So they knocked the weight down to 90 grains, and they even upped the powder on it and made it faster, but it penetrated less distance because it was going so much faster it had such a bigger shock wave it oh, actually stopped slowed that it down and it stopped it right at 18 inches and that's what they were trying to get one to sell to the fbi and that did it but uh some of the heavier bullets i um if they're solids or or whatnot or even if i can find them uh i wasn't able to test any out okay because of the limitations of the equipment and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because 30 yeah. inches of penetration you can't handle in No, can't do that. That chases me around the garage, and I'm not <laughs> as fast as I used to be, you know. <laughs> so so I want to say, um, so do you have, have you have you fired them and used them in a hunting situation, or are you just curious about it? Um, I'm curious about it. I tried them out at Tri-County Sportsman's League, okay. and uh, I'm just basically wanting them for bear defense when I go up north fishing or uh, hiking, that type of thing. And if I get lucky, a bear tag. Okay. Now, now are, are these hollow points or are they, well, the, the, or are they uh, soft the, points? The hard or, cast or, would or be. Or they're the hard, hard cast. Hard cast penetrates deep. I mean, that, they're made for bear. Yeah. So yeah, the, the ones I have are the 190 monolithic. Uh, mono metal, they call them, okay. and uh, they do have that extra punch at the range. Um, but I, you know, I'm just curious to maybe trying. I don't know the 200 or 220 hard cast that Buffalo Boar has, and and it's just a, like I said, like a bear defense uh, yeah. while you're fishing or that would or you're work. Up camping. I, you know, I wonder if uh, Lucky Gunner did anything on that. Let's see. They may have, because they've done 10 millimeter. Yeah. Let's see if I can find it. Nope, malicious site locked. Well, that's not it then. 
So uh, we can't answer that for you today, but I think that's a good question. I want to say Buffalo Boar Hardcast have gotten a great reputation out there. What what are you shooting it in? Um, a Glock or a, a 1911, or what are you using? I have a Sig Sauer X10 P320, the new one. Oh, okay. wow, yeah. nice. Wow. <laughs> You went you went all out. That sounds great. Yeah, it costs quite a bit, but uh, it's eating everything so far. So. Yeah, well, that's really neat. Actually, Tom was just mentioning, uh, now this is, I don't know that I would trust my life with it. Maybe I would. I don't know. But Tom was just mentioning one that's at the other end of that scale. Which one did you see, Tom? That's the high point. Uh, they just coming out with that. Um, I forget what I think it's a JXP or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that it's, in the magazine. That's it's right. Ten millimeter, and uh, it's got a, I think like a five point two inch barrel, and it's threaded, but it only costs two hundred and twenty five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I, when I saw that, I just went, "Wow!" That sounds like a truck gun, then you that you don't mind bouncing around in the glove box or something, right? Yeah, it's it's got a polymer, the the. The uh, the bottom end is polymer. Yeah. The slide is a zinc and aluminum alloy. Yeah, I've seen. Well, actually, I think that, that high points have the, the record for being one of the ugliest pistols that you can get. Well, yeah, it is. It, it is an ugly pistol. <laughs> Not as nice looking as our listeners uh, SIG. I got to say that. So, well, you did a good choice. I'll tell you what, um, I think that 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 hard cast would be an outstanding one. Now, if you do, remember what I said, you always, especially the hard cast, tend to be square-edged, too. So make sure that your gun likes it. You know, you wouldn't, it, 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 uh, you want to go out and shoot a, a box of it first uh, before you trust your life with it, right? For sure. And now they've even come out with the FN 510, you know, I mean, it's just like, they just keep them coming. Oh, I know. And it's funny, things go in, because in, they first were launched in like 83 when they were developed, and then eighty the, the mid-80s and late-80s, and then they kind of went dormant for a couple of decades, and now they're back full bore. I, I remember uh, there's another host that does a show called Gun Talk, uh, Tom Gresham is his name, and he was given away... Uh, what they called a GT-10, a Gun Talk 10, a special run made by um, Kimber or somebody like that. And uh, that was, you know, four or five years ago, and I, it's really taken off since then. I'm, I want one in a 1911, I think. That would be fun. I, I like my 1911 <laughs> in there. That's that's the Kimber. Yeah. Now, that's, that's in the pretty high yeah, price range. It's good, but it's all stainless. It's it's black coated, but it's all stainless steel. It's a heavy gun, you know. It's yeah. in that thirty-eight to forty ounce. Yeah, compared range. now, your Sig is is polymer, right? So it's um it's a reasonable weight gun. Oh yeah, it, it it's uh it's a decent uh, weight to it, but it does have like a heavy front end to it. Okay, that full barrel. Yeah. Uh, that's actually an advantage when you fire it. It doesn't. It doesn't come up that yeah, much. I, yeah, I, I saw yeah. in tests that they fired those, and uh, the uh, person that was writing the story said it far less muzzle flip. Yeah, he says the yeah. muzzle doesn't come up as much, and he says when you're actually shooting it, it's a lot more comfortable. Oh, because of that heavy front end. So, what color is yours? Is yours one of the tan ones, or is it a um, black? 
It's the black one. Okay. But I do love the grip on it. It feels like almost like a nine millimeter grip. It's kind of smaller and not so wide. Nice. I'll have to go feel one of those. That sounds like fun. So, well, thank you for calling today. And if you get some of that buffalo board, let us know how it uh, how it works, okay? I appreciate getting to talk to you. Okay. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. Uh, well, see, there are people out there. I, I wonder how many people there are. Well, you got a 10. I know some other guys that have 10s. Uh, you get to the point where you can only have so many nines and forties and forty-five. You gotta expand, right? So, yeah. oh, now be careful! Don't put a pistol brace on it because Joe says then you can put a fifty cal in there or something. Remember? Yeah, yeah, good yeah. old Joe. Well, a- actually, I'm you know on one of my nineteen elevens, I've got that Para USA yeah. double stack yeah. on there. It's forty-five. I would love to convert that over to forty cal Smith and Wesson. Well, you probably could. It, it wouldn't be that hard. It, it, it's got a ramp barrel on there. I'd have to find one, but I'd like to have a ramp barrel with some threads on there. Oh, yeah. And be able to put a silencer on there because that's my uh, the garage and tractor gun. Ah, okay. And it'd be nice to have that where it's not going to make a whole lot of noise if I got to use it. And the 40 Cal Smith and Weston's got more punch than the uh, than the 45 ACP. Yeah. Because out of the 16 of those bullets we did on that test, eight of them did just outstanding in the bone, bone and dirt tissue test. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so now we're going to, this will be the last story probably for the show. Uh, dumb criminal helps highlight the stupidity of Indy's anti-gun moves. While clearance rates for armed robberies are generally well below 50%, meaning criminals have better than average chance of getting away with that crime, one suspected armed robber in Indiana made it awfully easy for police to find and arrest him after he shared his social media profile with the woman he had just robbed at gunpoint. (laughs) I've run across plenty of stories about stupid criminals over the years, but this one might be the dumbest crook ever. According to authorities in Indianapolis, a woman was outside of her home checking her mail at 4 a.m. Well, that's a dumb thing to do in the first place, okay? Yes. Nothing good happens then. Uh, Last month, when a man approached her with a gun in his hand, pointing it at her, the man demanded cash from the victim and then made a bizarre request to the woman, add him to her Facebook friends. Okay. Court records show that the suspect, later identified as Damien Boyce, opened his phone, pointed at his profile, and watched the woman add him, saying he would pay back, uh, that he would pay her back the money that he had stolen. He then fled the scene on a bicycle. The probable cause affidavit shows the two exchanged messages later that day. Boyce said, Look, you just know I'm a pay you back. It's an it's a expletive way to meet you, but you was too pretty to rob. <laughs> <laughs> the victim replied, "I believe you, man. I can tell you're sweet. Times just get tough. I know that. You was uh, too pretty to rob." Were the words that sent the woman's heart a flutter. Uh, 
not really, but you know, he, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, somehow, however, the victim of the armed robbery was able to resist Boyce's charm and alerted police to his messages. The Indianapolis police took Boyce into custody this week, and not for the first time. In fact, it had only been a couple of days since Boyce last placed in handcuffs. Boyce was arrested and charged in a separate incident last week for robbery, resulting in bodily injury and battery by means of a deadly weapon, amongst other charges. In that incident, he allegedly shot two people and hit someone else in the head with a brick. Okay? Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like the victim of an armed robbery was lucky to get away unscathed. But now you got to ask yourself, why was this guy back on the streets when a couple of days before he had shot two people and hit another one with a brick? And he was back out on the street. Okay? Yeah. That, that's where these these cities like Indianapolis, uh, Mayor Joe Hogsett recently made headlines by proposing the city adopt a number of gun control measures in violation of the state's farm state's firearm preemption law, including requiring concealed carry licenses, raising the age to uh, purchase a firearm from 18 to 21, and imposing a ban on so-called assault weapons. But what they they just arrested this guy. The week before, a couple of days earlier, he had shot two people, and he was back on the streets. And this is what we're seeing in all these cities. These people are afraid to prosecute people. There should be, like in Michigan, where there was the used to be at least the mandatory two. You get use a gun in the commission of a crime, you get two years. No ifs, ands, or comes about it, okay? Right. Uh, and, and how often do we hear lately— you know that matter of fact chicago talks about that the the uh, majority of their crime is just a couple hundred people and they know who it is but they can't touch them you know what i mean it's it's just crap okay yep. but no they're going to make it harder for us law abiding gun owners to uh, to buy guns oh yes that 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 universal background check i'm sure damien here um went through a universal background check to get that gun that he had don't oh, you oh sure he oh, of course he, he did he wouldn't have bought it on the street and, and clearly he was proud of who he was because he showed the woman his facebook <laughs> i want to say hey you could at least use you know like a fake name with TikTok or Instagram or something like that. But no, you use your real name and you're, oh, take a look. Will you be my Facebook friend? I just robbed you, but you, you're you too pretty to rob. You know, uh, what a, uh, I guess, I guess cr criminals are not always the sharpest tool in the shed, are they? Usually not. No, they're pretty good at what they do, but in yeah. other things, they're not, uh, they're not too good. So at any rate, well, Tom, thank you for coming in today and being our, uh, our, uh, to what's my line guest. I, I ought to bring in a couple of guys and they can all go, my name is Tom from Northfield. Remember how they used to do that? And then the other yeah. guy would stand up. And then at the end, there'd be four guys, three or four guys, right? And and they'd go, will the real Tom from Northfield Township please stand up? And they'd all kind of like jostle yeah. around a little bit and then stand up. That would be fun for a show. Uh, although this is radio, you couldn't see it. Couldn't so. see it. No. <laughs> I guess I take that back. It's not a good idea for a show. Well, anyway, thanks uh, thanks for listening today, everyone. And I hope you are you know, have a nice weekend coming up next weekend as a 4th of July weekend. Uh, have they had the fireworks at, at Detroit yet? 
Is that I this week? I think they're supposed to be Monday. Oh, good. Well, maybe that oh, there'll be a Boring lot of shooting rain. downtown. It, 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 it'll rain. <laughs> it'll rain. <laughs> I used to go down there to them all the time. I actually found myself in some bad parts of Detroit coming back one time when the police were routing us, uh, you know, one way and stuff. Oh, my goodness. I wish I had a gun then. This is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio and Tom from Northfield Township at Wham Talk 1600. We'll see you next week.